This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. From the nation's capital, this is the Fly Fishing Consultant Podcast with your host, Rob Snow White. Thank you for downloading the Fly Fishing Consultant Podcast. This is Series 1, Episode 40, Brand Loyalty. Before I get to the meat of the matter of the podcast, I just want to give out what we'll call this segment as shout-outs. So first, I'd like to give a shout-out to loyal listeners Stan Zuber and Jim Maselli. Stan and Jim came through when I requested or suggested that I'd like to have a copy of the Sims ad for Rain Laser for Baseball. Both of them came through and got me copies of them. So thank you to those guys. The second shout out is to Brian Chow. You may know Brian from Rod Designing at TNT. He also has some patented flies at the Montana Fly Company. Brian was in town for a conference and hired me for the day. And we went out to Roach's Run to swing some two-handed rods for stripers. And nothing was biting, so I suggested we go down to the spatter dock and look for some snakeheads. And on about his second or third cast, he hooked into a nice big black crappie. And I told him to throw his fly back in the same hole, and he did so. And quickly got a tug, and the line bent. And we knew automatically this was not a little crappie or bluegill. This was something bigger. And the fish comes up to the surface, and I note it's kind of uh, silvery under its chin, and the mouth is small, and the only thing that can be is a snake head. So, Brian Chow, congratulations to be my first client of all time to hook, land, and be photographed with a northern snake head. That fish now resides filleted in my freezer. Don't know how to cook fish, so we are going to have to have someone come over one night to cook that for me, unless my wife can do it herself. She does eat fish. I do not. 
Brian, unfortunately, did not get a chance to get the Snakehead Challenge trophy, which is a lunch and a pint of beer at the Liberty Tavern in Clarendon, Virginia. Instead, we went to the Vienna Inn, where we had chili dogs with cheese, onions, and mustard. It was quite the awesome lunch. So, let's start the podcast. Just want to let you know that this podcast is brought to you by the great folks at Dermatone. Dermatone sunscreen. Feel the rush, not the burn. Visit Dermatone.com to get your latest in high-tech sunscreen lotions, lip balms, and wind burn protection for the wintertime. Why do I wear Dermatone? Because I don't want to look like Dog the Bounty Hunter when I get to his age. All right, so let's start talking about the meat and bones of this podcast. Some brands want to give me the time of day, thus you will get no love on my podcast. You get no love on Facebook or Twitter. I do not promote you to any of my clients. I do not mention your name. You have been blacklisted from myself and my company. I like to think that I have a strong suggestion uh, background with my fly fishing company and that I can suggest rods, reels, lines, bags, waders, etc. And then my clients will go and purchase those. If I don't mention you, you're not going to get purchases from them. So those companies, you know who you are. If I follow you on Twitter and Facebook, you're pretty much guaranteed that I'm going to give you some shout-outs today. I no longer support the companies and fly shops that would not give me the time of day. Some brands, I have relationships. For those ones, you have to figure it out by listening to this podcast or going to my website. This is not really a commercial endeavor on this podcast. However, it is brought to you by Dermatone Sunscreen. Feel the rush, not the burn. If you or somebody you know wants to sponsor me, I'm always looking for more sponsorships. I'm always looking for small businesses like a small organic iced tea company to keep my clients hydrated and a small micro brewery company to keep my clients and myself extra hydrated in the parking lot at the end of the day. I'm only looking for three-quarter cakes at home for my kegerator and maybe two six-packs a month for my clients. Not asking for much. Please get a hold of me. You can do that at rob at robsnowwhite.com. You can also purchase a lot of what you hear today through my site or going straight to proguidedirect.com, P-R-O-G-U-I-D-E, D-I-R-E-C-T dot com. You can find stuff that I suggest. You can find stuff that the meat eater guy suggests from his hunting show. You can also find what um, Orvis endorsed saltwater Mako shark guru Conway Bowman suggests. So there's all sorts of good things on there. And if you contact me um, sooner than later, it's July 30th. I do have $50 off coupons for purchases of $200 or more. If there's something you see on Pro Guide Direct, please email me if it's not on my own page under the fishing guides. So let's start this off now with base layers. This is all going to be alphabetical. First, I'm going to talk about gear. Then I'm going to talk about fly tying, then fly shops and catalogs. So base layers. This may be redundant to you, but I'm a big fan of Patagonia. I like the silk weight. If it's under 40 degrees any day in the fall and winter, I'm going to be wearing Patagonia silk weight black long underwear. If I have the same pair, same pair of those for about eight years now, there's no wear and tear. And when they do fall apart, I can um, take them back to Patagonia and they will upcycle them. Layer eight, if you're not financially able to purchase the Patagonia stuff, 
Layer 8 is a generic brand at Marshalls and TJ Maxx. You can get long underwear, t-shirts, underwear, three-quarter zips, hoodies, and they average about $12 to $18. I've got a very nice three-quarter zip fleece with a little arm zipper. The three-quarter broke off. I mean, granted, I only paid $12 for it. It's not Patagonia, but you definitely pay for what you're getting for. If you need a pinch um, while you're on the road or something, you just need to pick something quick up, Layer 8. Everyone's like... Hey man, you a Dale Earnhardt Jr. fan? I'm like, uh, no, it's it's layer eight. I used to wear that shirt when I worked in the cheese shop because you had to wear a black shirt, and everyone's like, oh, big Dale Dale Jr. fan, huh? I'm like, no, it's it's layer layer eight. I get it, Marshalls. Marmot makes some awesome stuff. I got a nice waffled base layer shirt from TJ Maxx, and then again, Smartwool. They make my second favorite pair of long underwear. I wish there was more Smartwool dealers around here where I could pick up some sweaters and. Some hats and stuff. They make some phenomenal stuff. And I'll get, talk more about them when I mention socks later on. Also, I have very old Orvis Gallatin Action Wear. And the other one was... Don't remember. One was a 100-layer green fleece. The other is a 300-layer blue fleece. Terribly comfortable. Made by Orvis. I think I have some of those in Colorado now. So I don't have to drive back and forth in the winter with extra layers. I also have the Orvis bibs, which is 300 layer polar tech fleece and then a little shirt top. And that thing is awesome in the winter beer. The beer that got me into craft beer was Lagunitas. They're out of California and their little something and little something something ale are just two of my all time favorite beers. Now I, I think Lagunitas makes some of the best craft beers around. I know they're moving a, or building a plant in Chicago. So maybe we'll get some, more products out here. Always calling out with something new. Just awesome stuff. The boots I wear, I wear Ariat cowboy boots and I wear Ariat spot hogs, which are like a three quarter boot. They're sort of the Australian rancher boot. Ariats, you can stand in and on them all day. Your feet never have issues. They're waterproof. They got steel toes. Awesome, awesome boots. I don't wear anything with laces really. So I really go the Ariat way. I need to get some black ones because I don't like wearing black dress shoes. The last time I really wanted to ever wear dress shoes was September 10th, 2001. On September 11th, I was wearing black dress shoes and ended up walking home six miles. And I just never felt like dress shoes were appropriate ever again. So I've always been wearing boots, even with a suit and tie to work when I used to be one of those government contracting fools. Camera. I've got a Nikon uh, DSLR, but now I find I use my iPhone more often. The iPhone, I can just upload straight to my servers, or I can upload it straight to Picasa. I can do all the fancy schmancy um, Instagram. I can put it on Twitter, Facebook instantly. The iPhone just takes better pictures than my Nikon. I don't have to fiddle with the apertures and the lenses. And Granted, my lenses are all from 1994, I haven't bought any updated lenses to go with a current model of a DSLR. I used to have the Canon with the commercials by Maria Sharapova. Make every shot a power shot. You know that commercial I'm talking about. All those tennis balls were following her down the street. I wish I was one of those tennis balls. Anyway, the Canon power shot took some of the best all-time digital point-and-shoot pictures. We have pictures from the Barcelona markets hanging up in our kitchen. You'd think they were taken with some fancy schmancy camera. No, it was the Canon PowerShot. I have an Olympus waterproof 
digital, there's nothing great about it. It always takes overexposed pictures. It takes five to 10 seconds to turn on. So you can't really get any candid shots. The fish usually jumps back in the river, et cetera, et cetera. I take that when we're wet waiting just because it's waterproof. But now I have the GoPro Hero 2 digital camera. I haven't really used it much except at the Tidal Potomac Fly Rotters beer tie. I did a time lapse of our recent beer drinking and fly tying event. I do use the Pelican camera case. It is waterproof. You can step on it. You can probably run it over and it's not going to get any kind of damage to it. It's awesome. Cigars. I like the Padrones, the square wrapped ones, Gloria de Cubanas, Romeo y Julieta Habana Reserves. And of course, I will always like a Cohiba. The current cigars I like to smoke are from JR's. They are the Cohiba generics. They're about $1.88 per cigar. They are, um, they're big. They're nice. They're spicy and, and roasty tasted. I, I really enjoy them. And they are not the $34, which is what the generic is for. So it's a $34 Cohiba or a $1.88 JR. Fingertipless gloves. You can tell I'm still going in alphabetical order. I prefer Barber, which makes a $15 wool fingertipless glove you can get at Orvis. When it's wet, it still insulates you. I'm a huge, huge fan of the Patagonia Windstopper fingertipless with the pseudo suede leather palm for extra grip. There is fantastic closure around your fingertips, so no cold air, wet snow is getting in there. And same with the wrists. My backups, of course, are the Military Surplus $4 wool gloves that I get at the Military Surplus store. Like I said, they're $4. You can fill up a whole bag of them for 20 bucks. If one gets wet, then you can just, I don't know, throw the other ones in the, your day pack and put on a nice fresh pair of warm ones that aren't slimy. And then at night, you just stick them on a stick. That's kind of redundant. You place them on a stick by your campfire and you can dry them. Fishing pants, I prefer the Bass Pro Shops uh, Worldwide Angler models. They fit me perfectly. There's very few pants that fit me. I mean, I'm not a fat guy. I definitely got the whole going on, but I'm pushing like 170 pounds, and these things fit me at 30-32s perfectly. I think I'm going to even have 30-30s because when pants get wet, they tend to drag. So I think I'm wearing 32-30s actually, so I don't have to deal with the cuff going under my ankle. They've got plenty of pockets for uh, wallets and sunglass chamois and whatever else you need. They have security pockets if you want to put your car keys in them. They zip off. They also zip up at the knee. They are a sage green that I buy, and I've been wearing them for two to three seasons now. No issues. They're not falling apart on me. I'm also a huge fan of the fact that they're like SPF 50. The other pants I wear, I'm going to usually wear Carhartts or Dickies because I tend to destroy my clothing just because I wear things hard. So um, Carhartts are a little more expensive. Dickies are like 25 bucks, and they are pretty much indestructible. It takes me about three to four years before I can put a hole in the knee, and that's usually when they uh, get donated to Mazarasha through my mother-in-law. Fishing shirts, uh, Sims, man. There's a Sims shirt I have that is the... Best fitting shirt I own, I can't think of the model right now, but it's got vertical pockets on the front. We got it as a donation for working at a volunteer event. So I guess I should say I was volunteering at it. I wasn't working at it. The only problem is last year when I got stung by that stingray in Long Beach, I shook my hand and the blood got on the shirt. So I can't really wear it out and about as much. 
Orvis used to make these phenomenal vertical mesh in the back shirts with armpit vents, which were awesome. And I forgot to mention, a lot of this stuff is Orvis. I worked at Orvis. I worked from 99 to 05 in Colorado, in Key Largo, in Harper's Ferry, West Virginia, in Breckenridge, Colorado. So a lot of the stuff I have is going to be from Orvis. I know they've got a great customer service. There's four Orvises in the Northern Virginia, D.C. area. I can take anything that's faulty back in there, and they will replace it for me or repair it, and I get it back very quickly. So it's always a bonus to be near these Orvis stores, which is another reason why I have a lot of Orvis stuff and will be endorsing them throughout this podcast. Some of the Orvis shirts that have come out recently are the Trout Bomb ones. I'm wearing one right now. It's got these nice little Velcro pockets. It's got it's a lightweight material. It's got these nice little cowboy snaps on them. So I don't have to worry about buttons breaking. You can hear the snaps. Hold on. So those are the snaps. I don't have to worry about the big old buttons like they used to have on the Indian River casting shirt. They're quick drying. Lots of pockets for me. I'm finding the older I get, the more junk I put in my pockets. I see old men like waiting at the bus stop with glass cases and cigars and pens and and like parakeets stuffed in their pockets. So I'm getting to that age now. I'm stuffing everything in my pockets. Reddington also makes some phenomenal shirts. Lightweight, dry material that dries fast. Um, stuff that I can tuck in, won't get in the way. I still wish they'd make some kind of three-quarter casting shirts because when I'm stripping in line, I just don't like my wrists covered up. I always roll up my sleeves. Jason, the podcast producer, is working on a logo for me, and the guy actually has rolled up sleeves. I was like, sweet. Flies, big fan of Orvis flies. They make some unique flies to the area. Idlewild, if you're going western, and of course, Umpqua, if you're fishing all over the world, and then of course, Montana Fly Company. Lots of unique flies to specific areas. That's more going to be in the fly shop section coming up. But I can guarantee you that if you go into Orvis and get the boogle bugs, and you get some living damsels right now, that's the only flies you're going to need on the Potomac, unless you want to get some clousers. Idlewild's got crazy nymphs, and of course, um, Umpqua is going to have the Mike Mercer, like, poxy back stuff and they just have a crazy amount of various nymphs if flies now are dropping down orvis has something in the 80 cent range you can also get flies from the fly shack i've never fished them but i suggest when they're like 88 cents flip-flops the only flip-flops i wear are chaco flips i was never a flip-flop guy till our honeymoon in Kauai in 2003 and I saw people wearing flip-flops, and I'm wearing shoes. And everyone's like, why are you wearing shoes, bro? So I went out and got some cheap flip-flops. I'm like, hey, man, this is pretty nice. But I couldn't stand in them all day. And I come back to work, and I'm working at Hudson Trail Outfitters at the time. And we got these new flip-flops in made by Chaco, and I decided to buy them, and I can't take them off. I've got the permanent Chaco flip-flop tan. When I was a high school teacher, that's all I used to wear. I could stand in these and on these all day. I wet weight in them. They are awesome. I have two pairs, one that are made of recycled materials, which are a little nicer looking. They've got like a pseudo suede for the soles of my feet. These ones are just a solid rubber, and they're fully arched. You can wear them all day. There's no bells and whistles in them. They don't have a spot for your credit card or a bottle opener or anything fancy. If you need a bottle opener on your flip-flop, you're not good. What else? We're up to hemostats. No. Backtrack. Hats. No, even more. Gloves. I've been singing the alphabet song, The Baby. I may have been singing it wrong. We're up to the G's. 
Sims foldover mitts are awesome. They're windproof. My only issue with them is that the foldover part comes undone when you're fishing. It flops all around, but you can peel it back. Some people call these a glomit, which is sort of like a zonkey. It's a hybrid of two things, and you combine the names together. They are really nice. They're really cozy and warm, and I have no issues with them other than that thing flips over. I also have a pair of North Face mitts I picked up when I worked at Hudson Trail Outfitters. The They go all the way up about three quarters of my forearm. I can cinch them down, and I'm not going to have any issues with snow getting in. They keep my fingers together, so do your Spock hand. Your ring and pinky finger are together. Your index and middle finger are together, and then your thumb is also separated. And that allows more body heat to be captured in the pockets between your hands. And there's also a zipper on the back where I can put in one of those little hot packs. So I wear those like to and from the stream, but when I get there, I'm going to wear the Sims mitts. Well, enough about gloves. Let's talk about hats. I've got a cowboy hat. It's a Charlie One Horse Distressed Straw Hat. It's pretty beaten up. I'm in the process of replacing it, but they don't make it anymore. I found one on eBay, and I was out that day, and I lost the bid by 55 cents. So I'm a little upset. My second backup go-to hat is my Dorfman Pacific. I bought this hat on our honeymoon in Kauai in a little boutique surf shop. We were in a Jeep, and my head was getting sunburnt, so I decided to get a big hat. So I buy this hat. I'm like, well, I can shell out some money. It was about $78, $79. And it was a big hat. It's crushable, so I knew I could take it home and wouldn't get destroyed. And I've been wearing it out here on the river, out and about for nearly a decade now. About a year ago or so, I bumped into a guy. I don't remember where, but he was wearing the same hat. I was like, hey, man, where'd you get that hat? He's like, Cracker Barrel. I said, how much you pay for that hat? He's like, $19. I said, man... Is it Dorfman Pacific? He's like, yes, how'd you know? I was like, oh, I got the same hat, but I paid like eight times as much. So I'm a little upset. And then I go down to Bellhaven Marina, and the hippie kayak renting dude, he got the same hat. I said, where'd you get that hat? Was it in Hawaii? Was it at Cracker Barrel? He's like, nah, man, Dick Sporting Goods. I was like, how much you pay for that hat? He's like, $20. So I'm like, man, I totally got screwed on this whole hat business. But it's a nice big hat. It keeps the sun off me. And that will also help me prevent me from looking like Dog the Bounty Hunter. The headlamp I wear, it's made by Black Diamond. And I just found out one of my high school, not high school, one of my college friends, Jesse Swistler, she is now working at Black Diamond. So this is a shout out to Jesse. Congratulations for getting a cool job. After college, she was a river rafting guy out west. The reason I like this black diamond headlamp, it's xenon and uh, it's xenon and LED. So let's say I'm walking through a river in the dark. I can put on the xenon, which is a super bright light, but it goes to the battery kind of fast. So you use that for emergency purposes or crossing rivers. And then when you're back at camp or when I'm sleeping in the back of my car or when the power goes out here, I use the LEDs. I've been wearing that thing for about 10 years now. Barely replaced the batteries. It's an awesome headlamp. Great. I got like eight or nine headlamps because I find them when I'm fishing or people have left them at campsites or they're just backups that I've gotten along the way. That's it for headlamps. The hemostats. I put a huge, huge order with Orvis recently. I got all sorts of new clothes and fishing gear and fly tying stuff. But the thing I was most eager to get were the 
hemostats with the scissors and clamp and split shot crimper on them. These things are awesome. They're about $19, and I went out about two weeks ago. It was supposed to be 95. It ended up being 102 degrees, and I'm out in waders because I don't like walking through the muck. It gives me the willies if I'm wearing flip-flops or wet wading shoes. I don't like mud and smurge aquatic vegetation touching my legs. It makes the hair on my neck stand up. So I was wearing my waders, and I was sweating profusely, and I did not think I was going to make it back to my car. When I was finally able to climb out of the stream, it's covered on both banks with poison ivy. There's really only one access point. I do believe that at the point I climbed out and collapsed, and I was seeing stars at this point, I lost my fancy hemostats on my old Booz Allen Hamilton battery tractor. And I also lost the tape measure on my now no longer working digital fish clamp. So I used to have this thing I could like weigh the fish like a boga grip, but it was digital. So we could actually weigh things that weren't five pounds or 50. We were able to measure bluegills over one pound a month ago, caught out in Reston. Huge bluegill, 1.01 pounds on a four weight Orvis uh, Clearwater rod, I believe. Blue finish on it. It wasn't a hydros. It must have been a clear water. Anyway, so this all brings me back to the fact that I lost my hemostats and I had to order new ones. You always want hemostats to crimp barbs and split shot and be able to pull things in and out and take the hook out of the fish's mouth. When Brian caught that snakehead, we reached into its mouth. There was something weird in there. We thought it was a clump of fish eggs. It turned out that damn snakehead had eaten a chunk of styrofoam. Styrofoam. So these things do eat anything. And we pulled it out and... Um, I was very happy. It was the first time I used my new hemostats. And they cut up to 30-pound monofilament on the scissor part. They're awesome. Lanyards, I wear mine. They're half lanyards. Go to robsnowite.com, and you can find out where to get them there. I sell about uh, 10 to 15 every Virginia Fly Fishing Festival. So I make them by hand. I make them to order. I've had clients order three to four at a time. They're pretty cool. They're unique. My leaders don't buy pre-made ones at shops. My clients go through leaders so fast, and they always show up with like a 6X trout tippet, and we're going for snakeheads and largemouth. So about nine times out of ten, i got to build my clients a leader. If it's a six weight and up, I start with three feet of vicious 30-pound, and then I go to Berkeley Vanish 20-pound, and they usually end with Berkeley Vanish 14-pound. If it's a five weight and down, five to four weight, we'll go with... 20-pound Berkeley Vanish, three-foot section. Three-foot section of 12-pound Berkeley Vanish, and then finish off with eight-pound. Because you really don't know what you're going to catch around here. You could be you know, going after bluegill and end up getting like a 30- or 40-pound carp. By the way, you all know that I record this in my little office here looking down on the golf course. Who wears dresses to go golfing? There's a lady out there wearing like a full-on, I'm not going to say it's a prom dress, but she's got like, a dress you'd see someone riding a horse on back in like the 1800s. It's weird. Anyway, if I'm steelhead salmon fishing or fishing somewhere where the fish are shy, I usually use the Seaguar fluorocarbon 8 or 10 pound. But I've never encountered a fish out here that's leader shy. Brian caught that snakehead on 14 pound tippet. And if I am fishing Seaguar or any kind of tippet and I'm using wet flies, nymphs, streamers, etc., I will do, you know, three foot of the uh, vicious three feet of Berkeley, like 20. And then I do a barrel swivel and then two to three feet of the tippet material that 
Barrel Swivel allows me to tie a nice knot that's not between two different brands or different types of uh, uh, fly line that are mono slash um, nylon slash um, fluorocarbon. And then I can put my split shot right above that barrel swivel and on the 20-pound piece and don't have to worry about it sliding down onto my fly on the 10-pound piece. Okay, fly lines. So I told you I worked at Hudson Trail Outfitters, and back in the day, they had a line sale of polyfuse and airflow. So I loaded up like two to three shoe boxes of $4.88 fly lines. So my clients and I are pretty stocked for four, six, and eight-pound lines. However, when I'm throwing two-handed rods, I am going to use Rio. Rio, I find, is in a class by themselves when it comes to making technical fly lines. I'm a big fan of the Skagit Short. I'm a big fan of the Rio outbound shooting head. In one false cast and then throw forward, you can throw 60, 70 feet of line easily. If I'd had that Rio outbound, I would have easily caught pink salmon four years ago when I was at Seattle. I had a regular overhand bass taper. I couldn't get it out there. Their lines are just tapered differently. Um, you know, they've always, they, they started doing the, the loop to loop, but it's more of just the fact that I just find they're far and more advanced. Like you can go to the grocery store and get cheese and wine, or you could go to a specialty shop. I find Rio is a specialty shop. They're a specialty company that makes fly lines. They don't dilly dally and a whole lot of other things. And you can call them up on the phone and tell them, hey, I'm going to Martha's Vineyard. This is the rod and, and reel I have. What line would you suggest? And they'll tell you exactly what you need to the weight or grain. And they're like, well, I'm going to go steelhead fishing. Can I use the same line? And they'll like, they'll either tell you the same line or they'll recommend something else. They're awesome. If anything goes wrong, I've had great customer service with them. No issues. Orvis, been fishing their line since 95. So I'm a big fan of that. Uh, you know, they've got... I've always used their depth charge line and their density compensated sinking lines. Big fan of their new, um, what is it, the Mirage lines? I can't think off the top of my head. Hydros lines with the little golf ball indentations on them to help them float a little bit higher, reduces um, gunk buildup, et cetera, et cetera. I've also still have fly lines from like the 80s on my Cortland, so there's nothing wrong with that. Magazines, big fan of angling trade, American Angler. I love fly rod and reel. The problem with fly rod and reel is the Ted Williams articles. Ted writes six pages about something that he can make the point in in the first page. You could honestly take an X-Acto knife or razor blade and cut out like seven or eight paragraphs, and it's the same article. I find it's just lofty, extra um, stuff that he doesn't need to make his point, and you could probably fit in two other great fly fishing articles. So Ted... Cut out a lot of that stuff. It's nonsense. We get the point. You don't need to just keep going on with these random facts that you can just um, get to the point with. Fly Tire Magazine. I read Fly Fisherman and American Angler, which you can pick up at your local fly shop for free. I'm speaking on a microphone now. It is the ATR USB 2100 microphone by Audio-Technica. It's awesome. It was like 50 bucks. It has totally improved the sound of these podcasts. I hope you agree. My neck gator is made by Buff. They're made in Spain. They have a brilliant amount of colors and patterns you can get. I think we should get a snakehead one made up because snakeheads are pretty darn cool looking. 
And I use this on my face when I'm fishing. It's to help prevent me from looking like Dog the Bounty Hunter. I wear it over the skin that's been treated with Dermatone. Feel the rush, not the burn. I wear one at night. I fold it over four times. It helps keep the sun, uh, not the sun. Well, I guess when the sun rises, it keeps the light out of, from you know, through our windows. But we also have floodlights outside our windows, so it helps keep them dark. My wife wears them. We've got some for the baby, compliments of Karen Mortensen from Fiberglass Manifesto. He sent some to the baby. What else do I use buffs for? I used to wear them at the gym. I use it to keep the sweat off my face. I also use it to keep mosquitoes off me when I'm fishing out in Colorado in the summer. We don't really have mosquitoes out here during the day like you have on like the Dream Stream during the daytime. If I was to go out there now, I'd get eaten alive. And I also have worn them. What have I worn my buff for? There's one more thing. It's slipping my mind. Oh, under my bike helmet when I used to ride my bike to the office. Yeah. All right. My nets. Big fan of the Cabela's rubber bag net. I've been using it for years. My current one is a replacement because one of my client's kids dropped it in the water. I thought he would at least grease me or pay for the net or offer to pay for the net. But he's like, have a nice afternoon. Thanks for the fly fishing tips today. His kid just dropped it, like more or less threw it in the Potomac River at Chain Bridge and it just washed away. So I replaced it last year. It's about a $60 net. It's kind of small for you know, carp and big snakeheads, but we make do with it. I have the Orvis model of the Broden long-handled net. I use that for trout. And then if I just need to stick a net inside my waiter strap, it's going to be the wooden one that Tom made me in Colorado. He bought the ghost bag and fashioned the wood around it. For nippers, big fan of the Pitchfork model from Fish Pond. However, they're $22, and I've lost them twice. That's $44 of nippers I've gone through in two years. Thus, I've gone back to the nail clippers. The nail clippers will cut through any kind of monofilament. Just be sure to fold that handle down so your fly line does not get caught on it. I paid about $1.89 for my nippers at the Kmart. My outboard for my drift boat is Mercury. And my boat, let's see if I have boats on here. I don't think I do. My canoe is made by some random company. Uh, it might be the Dick's Sporting Goods Generic. I got it for 130 bucks on Craigslist. I have an ocean kayak, which I never use because it's about as fast as paddling a shoe through the water. And my drift boat is made by um, Alumaweld. It's a 16 and a half, 17 foot drift boat. It's about five feet wide, three feet deep, and it's pretty indestructible. I can't take it to the Shenandoah and Upper Potomac because there's all the rocks. If it hits rocks, it's very loud. And aluminum sticks to rocks. You know that because you want to buy the Patagonia aluminum rock bar wading shoes. So we use it mostly in the tidal section and the lakes around here. My phone, of course, I use the iPhone. It's great. I've got loads of apps that help me fly fish. Maybe I'll do a podcast on iPhone apps and how that relates to fly fishing. I had the Android for years and it was a piece of crap. It was a lemon. I don't even know if I can sell it online. I don't want to disappoint somebody. The reels I use, I think Orvis Mid Arbor is probably one of the best reels they've ever made. Best bang for your buck. I use it for salmon, steelhead. Trout, striped bass, carp, catfish, gar, you name it. I have eight weight line on it so I can overline my six weight or use it on my eight weight. I also have everything from the Bat and Kill Large Arbor, which came out in 99. Use that mostly for my clients. I have some old Bat and Kill bar stocks, the old Bat and Kill um, cast one. I've got some DXR reels. I mean, I worked at Orvis for years. And during inventory, our fishing manager would just empty the drawer and be like, just take these home, get rid of them, get them out of my sight. So I've got like some CFOs, you know, like a Vortex. I've got, um, 
a Tarpon DXR. I've got all sorts of just banged up old reels from Orvis that were demos that they just wanted out of the store. So I appreciate that from our old fishing manager. I also have a couple of T-boards I picked up along the way, and I have my original Cortland rod and reels. The rods, I use Orvis mainly because I worked at Orvis for so long. I got to know their different makes and models and their flex indices. I still remember the first week at Orvis, I was scared to death to sell someone a fly rod, but after a couple of months, it became, you know, like second nature. They have the shops here, so if I break them, I can take them in and they send them straight out. I pay one small fee. However, my other models, if I break them, I have to pay shipping and the convenience fee to have them repaired or replaced. Thus, I use the Temple Fork Outfitters. I have the Deer Creek 11-foot 6-weight switch rod, which is a lot of fun to cast. I also have the Bug Launcher Temple Fork Outfitter, which is a small grip rod made for kids. For when I have kids or women with small hands to go fishing with. I'm not taking out carnies, you know, small hands smell like cabbage, but uh, I have it just in case maybe a carny does want to go fishing when they stop in town. I have one sage rod. It's a nice fast action four weight. We'll use that for trout sometimes. I just had a client catch a four, four and a half pound largemouth on a damsel nymph with that rod. I have a Reddington 10 foot eight weight, which is now in the possession of producer Jason because I broke his 10 foot no, his nine foot eight weight, and I had a spare ten foot rod to lend him, probably definitely until we figure out how I can repair or replace his rod. He has this cool little rod rack thing that fits on the passenger side in the back of his pickup truck. And I wasn't really paying attention because my car had just broken down and was towed off, and we had to put my boat trailer onto his car and then back his car in to take my boat out. And I was a little distracted, and uh, I closed the car door on his rod. So, Jason, if you want to tell everybody where you got that from, please do. It's it's pretty cool. And I have Tenkara USA. I have a Tenkara rod. We'll do a podcast on Tenkara. There's a bunch out there, and I want to give you my views on Tenkara fishing. That's it for the rods. I fish everything from 14 foot to 6.5 foot. Mostly graphite. I've got a couple of bamboos. Tom's working on a bamboo for the baby lady to use. And I can get you $50 off of Orvis rods and Allen rods. I like Allen. Nicest bunch of guys. I haven't fished their rods yet, but I would still endorse them. So hit me up if you want rods and reels from any of those companies that are on Pro Guide Direct. I will get you $50 off. And I get myself some commission. So that's always nice. My shoulder bag, because I'm not really waiting a whole lot, we're usually leaving gear on shore and wading in from there. So I use the Sims Headwaters Tackle Bag. It is awesome. It's loaded with a ton of pockets. It's got a rain fly that you can pull over. I used it for the first time out on the boat with Jason two weekends ago. It's got bells and whistles. It's bomb-proof. I've had no issues with it. I've been fishing it for a year now. It's awesome. And then what I can do, that's like the mothership, and then I can fill up my... Orvis sling pack and then put like two, three fly boxes in there, 20 pound tippet and my waterproof camera and then wait out. If I need something I don't have, I can go back to the mothership and use that. So that brings me to sling packs. I had three out of four clients one weekend use sling packs from Orvis. So I finally broke down and got one. I love it. I use it as my carry on in the airplane coming back from Australia. However, I'm a big fan of the Patagonia one. I had a client with one. And then a couple weeks later, I saw the Patagonia video on it. And this thing is very well thought out and includes a water bottle holder. If I had had that water bottle holder on that 102 degree day, I probably wouldn't have 
gotten so loopy and lost all of my hemostats and my measuring tape. So check out shoulder bags or sling packs. Sling packs have definitely killed the vest market. Vests have gone the way of the dodo, but it's still nice to have one if you want to fish old-fashioned. Socks, huge fan of smart wool. It's merino wool. Be sure to wash them inside out. You don't want to use laundry uh, fabric softener on them. If you're not going to you know, shell out the money to get smart wool brand hiking socks, I would suggest you go to Orvis and get their three or four pack merino wool uh, boot wading socks. Those things are awesome. Big fan of smart wool. I've been wearing those since college. One of my roommates stole a pair, which is I, you know, I thought I'd lost them, but I had a roommate who always stole my stuff. So I'm sure Chris took it from me. I, I tore my house apart in college looking for that one pair of brown smart wool socks. They were so so comfortable and so warm, and I even wear them in the wintertime. I don't have issues with like my feet sweating when I wear boots in the summer. Okay, strike indicators. I'm going to use thingamabobbers. I have a whole bunch of broken ones. Clients on the back cast will break them off, so I just have the bubble. And they also hit them with, um, what do you call those, thorn bushes, so they might pop. So I'm going to figure out a way to incorporate them into flies somehow, like the thingamabobber fly bod you can buy. I think thingamabobber you know, reinvented the wheel with strike indicators. No more squiddies, no more yarn, no more little stickies or strike putty. Got to go thingamabobber. I prefer peach or pink. Those are my two favorites, small and large. I don't like the new ones that have that little stopper on it. I like the old-fashioned, just generic thing bobber. And the one thing I've learned is you cannot go from high altitude to sea level. Otherwise, they crush. Now that the thingamabobbers are done, let's talk about tools. The one favorite fly fishing all-around tool I use is the Leatherman Wave. I've lost loads of them. I've actually found a couple. The one I'm using now I found on the Blue River, just near the mouth of the Blue River and Dillon Reservoir. I lost one recently in Colorado, so kind of evens itself out my sunglass straps i use well currently i'm using chums i like the trout models they have i've got the brook trout model that was pretty much the only color they had at the shop at the time so i went out and bought those they're all right I mean, they do what they do for sunglasses now here's a huge one costa del mar wearing costa del mar is like having hd tv built into your sunglasses when you're outside even more so the day after a front comes through and you've got the super crisp blue air and the clean skies. Reverse those. It makes more sense. Uh, the green from the trees. Everything is just so vivid. The first time I walked outside with my Costas when they showed up in the mail, it was like seeing the front yard for the first time. It was that impressive. I love my Costas so much that when that pair broke... I couldn't wear what would be another high-end brand for the two weeks, so I had to buy myself another pair of Costas to wear in the meantime. Once you go Costa, you don't go back. There's so many different colors and varieties and shapes and sizes. You will find something that fits your face. I wear the Howlers and the Harpoons. I more now wear the Howler with the brown amber lens that has the green reflective on it. That just has the most crisp, vivid color. Try them on at your fly shop. Go to your outdoor stores. Find a pair. You will not regret owning a pair of Costas. And when you see someone with Costas, you kind of just look at them and you tap the logo on the side and give them a little nod. They know. And you can put your Costas on somebody, somebody that's wearing like a high-end brand, and they're always going to say, holy sh-beep. 
because the Costas have that much more dominance in the clarity of their glass than anybody else. I, I swear to you, you will not be upset. I wish they were on Pro Guide Direct, but they're not. I'm debating about getting my third pair, which will be yellow glass to wear on days when it's low light. Costa Del Mar, awesome. I already mentioned my sunscreen is Dermatone. Same with my lip balm. Sunflower seeds, I go to the dollar store and I get David's Ranch flavor by the bag. And guess how much they cost at the dollar store? A dollar. So I, I can load up there. And when I wear waders coming up a little bit later, uh, the ones with the pouch in them always benefit because you can put your, your bag of seeds in there. My wading boots, I wore Sims for about 10 years. And they finally are just sort of, uh, they're falling apart a little bit. They're still, I mean, they're still usable. I just wanted to go a different route because I'm not a fan of the laces. So I ended up getting the corkers, but let me go back to Sims. They are pseudo leather studded with laces. I can trust my life to them in snow, in ice, on ice, any kind of weather condition. Those pair of boots have been there for me and I swear by them. Sims now has the BOA system. But what I was looking for was the interchangeable soles that they didn't have, which Corkers has. So I can have studded rubber or just rubber, and I can pop those out with ease. And I have the BOA system. The reason I wanted the BOA system is undoing gross laces after you've been in the mud is just nasty. Also, laces freeze in the winter. So when I'm out west or up in New York in the wintertime or fishing out here in the wintertime, though it doesn't get that cold anymore, I can just undo the, the ratchet system and the boots come right off with ease. Now, the benefit of having the interchangeable soles is there's a shopper's food warehouse right next to where we are. You can go in there when you're carp fishing in the wintertime and get a hot bowl of soup from the buffet, or they've got restrooms, and I need to go in there because they sell pallets of lemon-lime seltzer by the case, which I guess is redundant with pallet. So I always have to switch out my soles. If you go into a store like that with studs, you're going to be slipping and sliding everywhere. Try pushing a shopping cart with studs on your shoes. It doesn't work. Also, I don't want studs in my drift boat. They scratch them. I had a guy in last year. In the wintertime, I have the whole bottom of my drift boat coated with carpet. You just go behind the carpet shop and get the remnants, and I cut them with my fillet knife to fit, but they didn't fit the sides of the boat, and he jumped in and missed and completely scratched. It looks like Freddy Krueger just attacked the inside of my boat. It's not going to destroy my boat, not really for aesthetics, but you know, it might rust or something. Something might just get in there. It's something I don't want. No studs in the boat. Waders. I'm currently on a Patagonia kick. I wear the Watermasters, which I believe are the lower end. I'm not wearing the high end ones. I'm wearing like the $200, the gray and, and sort of olive. The great thing about these is the wader straps go up and down. They're modular. So you pull the straps over your shoulders. You push the buckle down and they're waist high you pull the buckle up it's chest waders so on hot days like we're having right now and end of july next into august and probably another month in september i can wear these as west waist high and have the breeze cool me off if i have to go in deep i can just pull them up and go into deeper water very convenient very simple the downfall no chest pocket for me to put like my waterproof digital camera in or my sunflower seeds it's, you know, it's a trade-off, but they're a good deal. They're extremely comfortable. They're lightweight. I've been wearing them for almost a year. I've not had any issues with them. Very high-end pair of waders. I know if anything goes wrong, Patagonia has a phenomenal customer service. They're also uh, a phenomenal benefit of them is their elastic waistband. That thing is nice and snug and tight. And I can put a knife in there or I can 
stick my uh, one of my nets through the back, and I don't have to worry about it falling down. Which is the issue I've had with the Pro Guide Orvis. I've always worn Pro Guide Orvis waders since I started working at Orvis in '99. I picked them up, and the shoulder straps always come undone. I can't trust the shoulder straps. You can even go to the Orvis catalog, and there's a picture of a guy watching a plane taking off in Alaska, and you can see the back of the shoulder straps is undone. It's a push down clip thing and i have to duct tape all mine together because they always come undone and that will happen in the winter time and all of a sudden you get this cold breeze coming in it's because your waders are falling down and the air's coming in so the difference between the patagonia and the orvis that's one is the patagonia that i have the shoulder straps are built in the orvis ones they're modular they go in and out the orvis ones are very durable i've never had issues with them breaking leaking or whatever the pro guides have that chest pocket there's a zipper in front and there's the inside security pouch. They're phenomenal. I've slept in them in my car. I've slept in them on the riverbanks. I've slept in them inside my tent. I've had no issues with those Orvis Pro Guides. They're awesome. I just hope they come out with Sonic Seal Pro Guides. That would be awesome. Wading jackets. Uh, I've already talked about this before. I wear the Patagonia bright orange with reflectors on it. It's a kayaking paddle jacket. It's got a zipper. That's for days when it's going to rain or not, but... The weather's not too bad. It's just a nasty day kind of jacket. I can pull it out, put it on, no issues. If it is going to be pouring all day or snowing and I don't want water coming in my neck or up my sleeves, I put on my Kokatat. That is spelled K-O-K-A-T-A-T. They are a kayak paddling accessory clothing company. And this jacket, water doesn't get in. It's a little uncomfortable to put on and have it all day over your wrists, but no water gets in your wrists. If you're holding a two-handed rod and swinging all day and your elbows are phase down and your wrist is up, no water is going to leak into your jacket. I've worn five other companies' jackets and water always gets in. does not matter what they say, what their advertisement is of a wrist with a cuff drawn underwater in the, in the picture, in the catalog, on the website, water is going to get in. Granted, I've got skinny wrists, but it doesn't say don't use for skinny wrists. So who knows? Kokatat, Patagonia. My watch is a Casio Pathfinder. It's solar proof, solar, not proof, powered, I should say. So it's, it's. I don't have to charge the battery. I just put it in the windowsill or put my arm out the window when I'm driving. It's got altimeters, barometers, thermometers. All that stuff is kind of outdated now that I've got my smartphone. Granted, if I end up in the backwoods, and I don't get cell phone reception, I get this watch. The problem is, this newer model, the barometer just tells you what it is at the time. It doesn't show you a graph. The older versions had like a staircase. If it went downhill, you knew that inclement weather was coming. If it went uphill, you know it was going to get nice and sunny. And it showed a 12-hour graph. So you always knew, hey, it's starting to go downhill. I better close the sunroof of my car. And then I come out of the mall 40 minutes later, and a big thunderstorm had gone through, even though it was sunny when I was walking into the mall. And putting the sunroof together. I like that. There's some other watches I'd like. I, you know, Suntos are great. But I've been wearing Casio Pathfinder since um, 99 in college. And I like them. This one's titanium. The baby loves to play with it. My winter hat. I wear the Patagonia Platypus Fleece. It's great. It's got that little bill. So it blocks the sun and keeps my eyes warm. I have a Marmot and North Face Windstopper. Different ones. Those are by far the best for keeping the wind out. They're completely windproof, and you know in the cold, it's the wind that really affects your body. The wind chill is only a matter of wind versus human skin. Other animals don't feel it. I also bought a pseudo-rabbit, like World War II pilot's hat. 
in Aurora, Colorado. It's sort of three blocks behind Charlie's Fly Box. Charlie's was closed today, so I went in to that military surplus store. It's terribly goofy looking, but terribly comfortable and warm. Let's see. Tying materials now. Hooks. I just got oh, about a 1,300 hooks from the Fly Shack for $70. Yes, I said 1,300 hooks for $70. Theflyshack.com. Use the promo code in your fly fishing magazines I mentioned above to get 10% off. There's no shipping if it's $35 or more. They are sharp, they are strong, and I love the Fly Shack brand hooks. Gamakatsu is extremely sharp, but I don't always have the budget to pay for them, considering I just lost a fly box that had about seven or eight dozen flies in it. Uh, Orvis, Mustad, Tiemco are all great hook companies. Everyone says don't use Eagle Claw for fly tying. That's fine. But we've used Mustad on the Salmon River. Mustad is my preferred saltwater hook. I've always trusted them. Make sure they're dry when you put them back. Polish them up with a file. They will last you a long time. Fly tying materials, hairline dubbing. I like Wapsi. I like Umpqua. Of course, Orvis. There's loads of different brands, and they all have some pretty good stuff. And those are all available in your local fly shops. Thread, I use Danville Flat Wax Nylon, either chartreuse or black. I get those in bulk. I might buy 10, 20 spools of each at a time. I usually buy those online. I can get them for about $1.15 through the eBay. I can't think of the fly shop's name that I get them on eBay, though. Can't remember that. Scissors, oh, I'm not done with thread. I use Unithread. We used to crashed with this guy named Stu Ite, right on the banks of Lake Ontario, Ite. And he has this thing that every third word is Ite. So we crashed with Stu and we'd tie flies at night and he would tie like three or four patterns, but he always used Unithread, red six off. So I started using it and I pretty much use that standard for my thin fly line now is red or orange Unithread, six ot Ite. But he got some tail on the side or something. He kicked us all out. So now we've got a yurt uh, halfway between Pulaski and Altmar, where all of us stay. I His dog used to eat its own feces, too. It was pretty disgusting. Yeah. My vice is Regal. I will swear by the Regal vice. There's no bells and whistles. It doesn't spin. It doesn't rotate. It doesn't let your cigar for you. It, it just holds the freaking hook in place. And that is the most important thing for me when I'm tying flies, is the ease of hook in, hook out, I can yank up and down on that Danville flat waxed and that hook's not moving. I used to have the C-clamp, but it became sort of a pain in the butt with different shaped tables. So now I have the tabletop one. I still have the C-clamp. I've also used Renzetti Travelers. Mine is currently broken and they don't sell that model anymore. So I don't know how to fix it. I've used Griffin and I also have a pocket one that you can screw into a log or have a little tabletop one for the same, um, has a tabletop version or a screw in the log. I used to tie flies in physics in high school because there's nothing else to do. Scissors, I use Fiskars from the craft store. These ones are just little rubber orange. For cutting big stuff, you can go to like Michael's or AC Moore and get the 40% off coupon online, get a good pair of scissors. Ginger is a phenomenal scissor company, very sharp, lifetime warranty, I believe on those. And it just happens my mom's best friend is married to one of the gingers. But we don't get scissors from him. He's not really part of the, the scissor side of the family. I've been using the same pair of Orvis, like really high-end scissors I bought in 99. I've had no issues with them, no dulling. 
Never put your scissors down when tying flies. That's about it for fly tying. Just keep all that stuff organized. Fly shops, all season sports in New York, Pulaski, right off 81. They're going to have your best selection of salmon and steelhead colors and phenomenal prices. At the Somerset show, I like Badger Creek, Bears Den, Great Feathers, and the Fly Shack. Tell you, I was hesitant to buy 100 flies for $6.99 at the Fly Shack at the Somerset show. And then the next time I saw the guy a couple weeks later, we were talking at the show in Pennsylvania. And he's like, just try them. It's seven bucks. What do you got to lose? And, and I fell in love with them. They're strong, they're sharp, and they're $6.99 for 100 Bob Marriott's, when I'm in Los Angeles, I love going there. It's like a grocery store of fly tie material. Breckenridge Outfitters, I used to work there in Breck. I always stop in, see Ned, and buy stuff. Chagrin River Outfitters in Chagrin Falls, Ohio, has a great selection of local flies, Sims products, uh, rods, reels, all high-end stuff, very nice fly shop, hardwood. You kind of want to sit in there and just drink a whiskey all day and talk fly fishing. That's where I went and bought a whole handful of peach-colored thingamabobbers when I was up there at Christmas. Great group of guys. Mad River Outfitters is in Dublin, Ohio, just outside Columbus. I always stop in there when we're in Dublin. My wife's best friend lives right down the street, and I always buy fly time material. They've got loads of books. I love to cruise through those. Huge section of tube fly time material. And the guys behind the desk, if you did not listen to my Ohio Steelheading podcast from earlier this year, they give out some phenomenal information, and because of them, I cost fish. Melinda's is in the town of Altmar. You can practically... Uh, two-hand a cast and hit the river. Melinda doesn't get a fish a lot, but she knows her stuff. Melinda's shop is chock full of material, including two-handed rods and hooks. She has a hook chart on the wall, so if you're not sure what size, you can see a comparison of every brand and size she sells. She also ships things to you at no charge, and she also has polydactyls cats running around. Listen to the old dudes drinking coffee in the armchairs there. They know what they're talking about. The Orvis shops around here don't really carry as much fly tying material as they used to. The benefit is the catalog is loaded, and the Orvis company stores have what's called a green phone. You can pick up that phone and purchase things over the phone and not pay shipping to your house. Urban Angler, I was in there yesterday in Old Town Alexandria. I picked up stuff to restock that big fly box, and I'm completing a custom fly order this evening for my client, Gene. So I will be finishing that up soon. Great shop. It's not stroller friendly. It's upstairs. They also gave me a nice cold fat tire. Go see Richie and Grizz. Whitaker's is right around the corner from All Season Sports. Phenomenal fly tying section. It's where I bought that 10 foot 8 weight that producer Jason is currently in possession of. I always load up there. Great information. Talk to them. Whitaker's has a great website as well. Most of these shops, if not all, have a great website. So what flies to use, river conditions, weather, etc. Worldwide Sportsman is in Isla Mirada, Florida. They have one of the best selections of saltwater tying materials around. I bought about $30 worth of saltwater crystal flash, and my wife threw it out because they put in an unmarked paper bag. So a brown paper bag sitting on the back seat of the car with no words on it, like a logo or anything. The wife, she thought it was leftovers from lunch from the lobster Reuben she had. That's from the other podcast about where to eat and fly fishing. So she threw it out. So this is a request. If any of you listeners go down to Isla Mirada and you end up in Worldwide Angler or Worldwide Sportsman, please look out for Crystal Flash Salt Water. I don't care what color it is. I will pay you back. I will send you a beer koozie that you can wear around your neck, and I'll send you some flies that are tad with it. 
And last but not least, the Fly Shop in Redding, California. They have been one of my favorites. Um, great customer service. I just bought a Wonder Cloth and a bunch of fly tying material from them. If I had known, I would have bought some more round rubber legs because I'm out of those and I got to go tie some grasshoppers for my client tonight. That's it for fly shops. You know, support your local fly shop. There's the big big boxes. I'll stop in Bass Pro Shops when I go up to Baltimore. I'll stop in Cabela's. Cabela's is the halfway point between Annandale, Virginia, and Columbus, Ohio. So I'll stop in there just to stretch my legs. My wife gives me like 10 minutes to run around. I usually end up buying my monofilament there, like the Vicious and the Berkeley Vanish, because I can find it all in one spot. Jason's got some great stories about getting stuff at Cabela's. He's, he's closer than me. The closest one is three hours. Catalogs. All right. This is where I learned most of my fly fishing stuff when I was a kid. There was no fly shops. You had um, Ed's Bait and Tackle. You had Sports Authority. And you had the hardware store at South Lake Shopping Center in Reston. There wasn't a whole lot of places to get information. You could get in Fisherman and something else from the Safeway up the street, the shopping center, but that was about it. So my brother and I, about fourth, third or fourth grade, started getting Cabela's and Bass Pro Shops. That was like, that's still porn to me. I can sit there and flip through those catalogs all day long. The way to learn fly names, I tell this to all my clients, get the free catalogs, flip through, learn the terminology, not just the flies, but learn the rods, the reels, the lengths. You're going to learn all your jargon. You can read the books. You can get Idiot's Guide to Fly Fishing. You can get all these different books, but read the catalogs. It's got the vernacular. It's got the jargon. It's got the pictures. It's like a dictionary for fly fishermen. It breaks down flies, beadhead nymphs, non-beadhead nymphs, caddisflies, terrestrials, streamers, saltwater, bonefish, bluefish, tarpon. It breaks things down. That's how I learned fly names. Cabela's Bass Pro Shops. You go to L.L. Bean at the mall or mail order L.L. Bean. Get the Orvis catalog. I always look forward when these catalogs come starting like two weeks before Christmas. The new New Year ones, are. it's my highlight of that part of the doldrums of the year. Hagen's, if you want to get stuff in bulk, you can get 1,000 hooks for $40. The Fly Fishers, it's uh, out of Wisconsin. Pat Ellers, they have some awesome, awesome patterns in there. And it's going to be stuff for big fish. I already mentioned Fly Shop, Fly Shack. Get these catalogs. They're free. Reciprocate. Buy something through those companies. So order from the Fly Shack. Order from Fly Fishers. Order from the Fly Shop. Go to your local Orvis, your Bass Pro, your Cabela's. Any of these Fly Shops that are giving you a free catalog, go out and purchase stuff from them. Support them. It's t- Business is tough right now. Granted, we're sort of in a bubble where people can still afford a fly fish and... These catalogs are just putting the information out for you. So that wraps up the season one, episode 40, Fly Fishing Consultant Podcast on brand loyalty. You can always find these brands online. Google them. I will put all this onto my blog, which will then be updated onto Twitter, Facebook, etc. Producer Jason's going to take this away. Jason, if you want to talk about that canoe rod rack thing you had, also, you know, Jason and I fished for a, an entire day. I got him on his first striper, albeit it was it was a little, I mean, besides schooly, it was like tiny. But we were caught white perch and stripers consistently before we had to call it a day. You know, the car broke down. We broke rods. Rods almost blew out of the drift boat. I lost my wallet. He found the wallet. It's one of those days. So Jason was telling me he has a studio now. So contact him. 
for any sort of digital artwork. Contact him for any audio stuff. If you got your own podcast, if you want to start one, talk to Jason. Jason, if you want to give out your information, we still need to put that on the website, but people will hear it here first. So, producer Jason, take it away. And the next podcast should be about Tenkara fishing, and then I think we'll do one after that on smartphone apps. If you have any ideas for podcasts, shoot me an email, rob at robsnowwhite.com, and please give me some shout-outs on iTunes. Give me some stars, follow me on Facebook, Twitter, everything's on my website. Thanks for downloading. Thank you for joining us for the Fly Fishing Consultant Podcast. For more information or to contact Rob, visit www.robsnowwhite.com.